Welcome to another episode of One For You. Yes, and I'm totally floundering now because guys, I have to be honest, I totally forgot my notes. So my beautifully written introduction is just not going to be here and I'm just going to improvise. Anyway, so in this new episode of the One For You podcast, we're going to discuss, well, the Beatles because we're going to discuss the new release yesterday and the psychedelic animated vision that is Yellow Submarine. Um, I'm Olivia Chonomeo, and because I don't know anything about the Beatles, apart from the fact that they had, like, floppy hair, I got myself an expert to help me out, and this expert is a film critic at Maximum Cinema, and her name is Sarah Bucher. Hi. Hi! Expert, I mean, what a way to introduce myself. <laughs> no yeah, pressure. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, you've seen the film Yellow Submarine, which which you brought, which is the gem. You said countless times. You can't remember the number of times you've seen it. I cannot remember the number because I've been watching it ever since I was very little and my mom forced me to watch it. So. See, I feel like that makes you an expert. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, so uh, when you're not watching Yellow Submarine, what kind of films are you watching? I'm watching all kinds of films. I go to the cinema way too many times um, and I basically watch everything that looks interesting to me, mm. be it mainstream or indie film. All right. Wait, what does way too many times mean? I mean, can you go to the cinema too often? Hmm. I mean, until recently I had a beautiful cinema pass where I could go for free. So there was no such thing as too many times. But mm. now that I actually have to pay for it again, I, I have to probably adjust my cinema going habits again. Yes. Dang it. <laughs> okay, so, you know, even though you had to pay maybe for it, is there anything you've seen recently that you would like to recommend to our listeners? Yes, um, I did actually pay for that film to go and see it. Um, and it's not the most recent thing that I saw, but I think it ties in very nicely with uh, not the recent podcast that you had about yeah. the Black Film Festival, oh. because I get, did go and see two films there, and mm -hmm. one of them really, really impressed me. Um, and it's called The Burial of Kojo, um, and it's a film from Ghana from 2018, directed by Blitz Bazavule, who is a Ghanaian-American musician and artist, and this was his first time film. Um, and it's a film that deals with a lot of topics connected to Ghanaian culture, mythology, um, the kind of like um, poverty, neocolonialism that is going on there. Um, And it is about this young woman who looks back on her childhood, um, which she spent with her parents in a little village. Um, and the story really starts with um, her uncle appearing back on the scene after few, many years where her father didn't see him. Um, and we know that there, hap there must have, something must have happened in their past, um, but we don't really know what. And um, from there on, it's a kind of dreamlike, fairy tale like um, um, film about many things really I don't want to spoil anything but it's really good and I also found out um, after the film after I went to go see it that it's um, available in its entirety on Vimeo um, yeah. which also kind of blew my mind that this film I think in the States it was released directly to Netflix and here it was uploaded to Vimeo so you can go see it for free um, that this film never reached the cinemas and it just kind of blew my mind because it's very beautifully made mm -hmm. very very poetic very nice so you should all go see it Definitely. on Vimeo okay Vimeo, nice. Yep. Okay, did not know that. I shall definitely do that. Cool. Okay, so I saw something that, you know, definitely made its way into cinemas. Um, it's the new Spider-Man, Spider-Man Far From Home, um, which is the newest entry in the MCU after, like, the whammy that was Avengers Endgame. So this is sort of dealing with the aftermath, and it's about um, Peter, 
Parker <laughs> going on a, on a class trip to Europe because, you know, everybody needs to go to Europe at some point. And basically, he's just trying to tell MJ um, how he feels, you know, because he's the teenager. And uh, he keeps getting interrupted because there are some sort of elementals uh, rampaging across Europe. And how rude. It's terribly <laughs> rude of them. And uh, Mysterio, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, um, you know, explains that they came from a parallel universe and he's here also to help them. So, um, yeah, it's basically about the struggle between Peter wanting to be um, like a kid and the world expecting him to step into, and spoiler alert for Avengers Endgame, um, Iron Man's suit slash shoes. Um, because, yeah, he's he's uh, yeah he's supposed to be the big superhero now, and he doesn't really want to do that. And it's very, I think, low-key, and it's, it's definitely, you know, if you can say, like, MCU films have a genre other than superhero, it's like a teen, teen movie. Um, but it was nice. And definitely stay for the mid-end and credit scenes, because... Definitely. Right? It's so much information in there. It's gonna blow your mind. When I was watching it, a lot of people were walking out. I was like, no, staying. And yes. even more so afterwards when it happened. It's like, oh, you missed all of that. Indeed. But I also don't know how after like 11 years of MCU films, <laughs> you don't know that you're supposed to be staying. <laughs> well, you know, I guess some people just don't know. Well, now they know. Listen to the podcast and then you know. Then you know. All right. Um, and let's move on now to the big thing of today, the Beatles. Um who are, or rather their music, is the topic of the new film, the new release in cinemas. Um, it's Yesterday, obviously named after the, the song of the same name by the Beatles, and it is written by Richard Curtis, who did stuff like About Time, For Weddings and a Funeral, etc. Um, and directed by Danny Boyle, who was like, I'm not doing a Bond film, instead I'm doing this film. Um, but of course, like, uh, Slumdog Millionaire, 28 Days Later, etc., under 27 hours, stuff like that. So maybe not necessarily you'd think a natural fusion between Richard Curtis and Danny Boyle, I guess. But yeah, so they did this. Well, what is it about, you ask? Well, <laughs> it's basically, um, there's Jack, played by Himesh Patel, uh, who's a mu musician. He's not very successful. Only his friends believe in him, especially his, mu uh, his manager and best friend, Ellie, who is played by... Um, Lily, and I always forget her James? name. Lily James, exactly. See, because I don't have my notes. <laughs> Lily James. Um, yes, best friend slash uh, manager. Um, so he decides to give up um, and he's on his way home with his bike. And then as he's, you know, driving through the night, suddenly all the lights go out and all the lights go out all across the world. And then while he's, you know, staring at this phenomenon he gets hit by a bus and then when he wakes up um later he realizes that he is literally the only person in the world to remember the beatles and their music shocking shocking so he decides well this might be an opportunity if he can remember their songs he can you know um act like the, like he's the one who came up with them and become a successful mu musician after all Sounds fair. That's, that's, that's perfectly it. summarized. That's what happens. Yes. yes. Okay. So what did you think? What did I think? Yes. Um, <laughs> well, um, I was very excited for this film. So when I saw the first trailer that kind of showed the premise that you just uh, laid mm -hmm. out for us, I was very excited because I feel it's a very, very interesting premise. I mean, as a Beatles fan, yeah. I feel like it's... It's this kind of view that, yes, their music is very important to the world. And like, if it wasn't there anymore, what would have happened? Like, how would the world look like? What would music sound like these yeah. days? Um, so I had very high expectations. Um, 
And I think in the first half hour, they were met very nicely. Like, I, I had fun. I enjoyed myself mm -hmm. in the first half hour. Um, and then I feel maybe the fusion of Richard Curtis and Danny Boyle kind of did find its its match in that. Like, it kind of just turned into this very normal love story that we've seen many mm -hmm. times before and it's less about the Beatles like the Beatles songs are still there and they're still great but it's mm -hmm. it's more interested in the love story and I was not that interested mm -hmm. in that um so I found it rather conventional in the end and a mm -hmm. bit disappointing yeah yeah I think the premise sounds really cool um and what you just laid out like this you know difference between that premise and then the focus on the love story I think is something I realized like the first trailer was very much about the the premise and I was mm -hmm. like oh this is cool yeah. and then the second trailer I saw was about the love story and then I was already less interested mm -hmm. um I think in a way like the chemistry between them isn't really there it's very mm -hmm. bland no, yeah. for some reason yeah um so you know the other thing of course is you know can you enjoy this film if you're not a Beatles fan mm -hmm. you're a Beatles fan I, I like am. I know they exist <laughs> um, I'm glad you do <laughs> I know some things <laughs> Um, so yeah, because like you said, I mean, basically the premise of the film is like the Beatles and their music or their music rather is the greatest thing that has ever mm -hmm. existed. And no matter who brings these songs to the world and no matter at which moment in time, mm -hmm. they will still be successful and make a huge yeah. impact. Right. That's, that's also a thing I found a bit strange because yeah. obviously I feel like some of the songs are very timeless and very special and I do think that like these melodies are still very much a thing that that I would enjoy if I heard it for the first time today but a lot mm -hmm. of, the th of them are also born out of the time they came up yeah and like are born out of a time where people wanted that kind of music and they they needed this kind of rock star feeling and mm -hmm. like that, that was a very new thing to them and also lyrics like she was just 17 you know what I mean I don't think <laughs> yeah. he could bring that in 2019 and people would be like yeah we're enjoying that so. <laughs> yeah it's very true I think sometimes the film touches a little bit on it you know when like Jack starts playing and he's like oh this is the greatest song of all time <laughs> and everyone else is just like yeah, it's fine <laughs> it's no cold play you know so there's a little bit about this you know maybe the moment isn't there um, but I think ultimately they still argue that this is the case, that they're the greatest musicians mm -hmm. of all time. So, you know, I think you have to sort of at least partially buy into mm -hmm. that um, for this to make sense. But then at the same time, I also feel like it does that in a way. But on the other hand, like there's also often people who argue that today's music landscape would not be the same, that mm -hmm. they had such an influence that like even people like Ed Sheeran, who's also part of the film, like mm -hmm. probably their music would sound different or they yeah. wouldn't make the same kind of music. And that the film doesn't really do because they take them out and they, mm -hmm. they of the equation and they say today they would still be as successful, but yeah. everything else would still look exactly the same. So yeah. they're not that influential as you might think, maybe. Exactly. It's, uh, you know, like, apart from one uh, Oasis joke, like, Oasis <laughs> doesn't exist without the Beatles. <laughs> I mean, right? Other, yeah, and I think you are correct. You know, someone like Ed Sheeran, especially, yeah, probably wouldn't exist. Cause he I played... mean, I don't know if that's true. It's just I mean, like... Yeah, but they did change the landscape of music, mm -hmm. I think, fundamentally, right? I mean, they were like superstars in mm -hmm. a way, I think, that you cannot have today anymore. Mm -hmm. Because it was a very different landscape of, you know, of uh, what you had available, even. Mm -hmm. I mean, nowadays, everyone can, I don't know, put together a song and put it on the internet or mm -hmm. whatever. And then you have more to choose from, mm -hmm. in a way. 
which isn't to say that they that their music isn't good. Yeah, and Ed Sheeran sort of I think makes well he's a he sort of discovers right uh, Jack in a way. <laughs> I read in a review a very nice description of him where um, someone called him Deus Ex Sheeran because he just <laughs> yeah. comes out of nowhere and is like yeah be a superstar now. <laughs> yes let me teach you yeah and he I think he makes a little bit fun of himself as well mm-hmm. yeah Definitely. right <laughs> yes and I think that's that's cool that he's yeah. uh, willing to do that because yeah. Um, and, you know, he concedes that Jack is the better songwriter mm-hmm. because, you know, it's not him. It's Jack Lennon and McCartney probably. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, there are also, you know, it's also questions about what is important, you know, um, having like love in your life, mm-hmm. etc. Or All you is need it, is love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a moment where I had to laugh. I mean, I think I was the only one. But it was like... Um, they play All You Need Is Love mm-hmm. and they bring up like this arrangement of uh, what you call it. Um, well, they bring up an arrangement okay. of, you know, of, of instruments and whatnot. And it reminded me of the scene in Love Actually, you know, where Kira Knightley uh, yeah. character gets married. Yeah. Um, and then you definitely see Curtis yeah, having like, so his little to... chuckle again. <laughs> exactly. Like, That's why I had to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So like what is important? Do you just need love or, you know, do you want the fame? Do you want the superstar, mega uh, mega fan, Mm -hmm. whatever stuff? And so he also, Jack also, you know, then goes to the States where he sort of, he gets a new manager who's played by... um, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, exactly. Who I love a lot. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And uh, yeah, she's uh, all like, we're going to make some money out of you. And, Mm -hmm. you know... I think one of my favorite scenes is the marketing meeting where there's like a huge group of people doing the marketing for 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 his new album mm-hmm. and it's very funny and you know they make jokes like you can't call it the white album it's not diverse yeah, it's enough. Not diverse enough. <laughs> and Himesh would tell me like excuse you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but I think ultimately it's rather I don't know a bit slight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like it just tries to do a lot of things because it also doesn't just want to be a love story. Mm-hmm. It also wants to kind of critique this capitalist kind of marketing culture but I don't think it goes very far with that Mm -hmm. it just kind of shows that yes today you have to be very best-selling and like Mm -hmm. people need to buy your things but that has always been the case I guess with the Beatles as well they were marketed to no end like also like having to cut their hair in a certain way and dressing a certain way and so I also feel it doesn't really engage with that a lot Mm -hmm. and I also like I never what I think that I that I also really wanted to know is like who who do they market this to? Because it's this kind of faceless mass where you also don't really know like who's listening to these songs and who's mm-hmm. buying them. Is it just everyone or like I think like, that that's what they're yeah. saying, right? Everyone is listening to this, mm-hmm. but yeah, which also doesn't make any sense. I, I just feel like you could you could engage with that more mm. in a more nuanced way, probably. It's true. Yeah, they don't they don't really do that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, but the songs are definitely still very nice They're to listen so nice. to. Yeah, and Himesh and does a great job at singing them. Yeah. I, I was really, really happy with the way he performed. He has a beautiful voice. And like also his acting in the scenes where he gets to do mm-hmm. some acting. I feel like in a lot of scenes he doesn't really because just kind of sweeps him along. But yeah. like he is a good actor. I yeah, think I think so see. too. And, um, you know, they do say, uh, well, these are the greatest songs of all time mm-hmm. and whatever, but they don't treat them as sort of like fossilized objects, yeah. right? Because obviously Jack is struggling with, you know, yeah. remembering all the songs, the lyrics, the yeah. melodies. So there, I think there are some changes, right? Yeah. Some some slight changes and also like, you know, te- um, uh, for instance, a text to all the lonely people. He's mm-hmm. struggling with that because it's such yeah. a bizarre text, right? Yeah. So I think they make, they play with, play with mm-hmm. that stuff. And these yeah. are my favorite moments when, like, 
if you're a hardcore Beatles fan and you see it's like a very little change in like a lyric or something and you're mm -hmm. like, ooh, I noticed that. <laughs> exactly. I was just like, yeah, nice music. Because I wouldn't <laughs> notice it. But yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and I think what I thought was also like interesting, I don't know if, if that's just me now after after the fact, but I think um Jack or like Himesh Patel always played Jack in a way that he there was always this undercurrent of anxiety mm -hmm. to him, right? Yep. Because he's always like okay, I'm pulling up the biggest hoax in the history of mankind. What if they catch me? What yeah. if something happens that, you know, is going to show that I'm a, a, a trickster, basically? Mm -hmm. And I think that's always is that that's always there, right? In I would a way. say so, yeah. And it's also sort of keeps it from settling into the just rom-com yeah. flow, I guess. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I feel like that's another area. Like, I always had this where I'm like, ooh, that's such an interesting area, and I wish they had explored it more, because mm -hmm. I also think it's in such an interesting question of, like... What what does it mean to steal those songs if yeah, they never existed? Exactly, and what right? does it ex like? What does it mean to be a star with something you didn't really create, mm -hmm. but everyone thinks you created? I feel yeah. like there's so many interesting, also kind of moral questions Definitely. that they kind of brush over. And uh -huh. like in some scenes, they are nicely there, but they could have done more with it. Yeah. I feel. Yeah, it's like it doesn't quite really go together in a way. Like mm -hmm. I think you either need to focus on love story or you need to focus on on the on this high concept mm -hmm. premise in a way mm -hmm. but yeah but i think if you like the beatles definitely mm -hmm. go check that out do yes right also if you don't like the beatles i mean i enjoyed it but i don't <laughs> I think, think it's still a good time yeah in a way. it's definitely i don't no. think it's gonna be like one of the richard curtis films that i'm gonna revisit necessarily but no no i just think like the thing that made me bitter about it a little bit is that the premise is so cool and when mm -hmm. you think about it you have so many associations of what you could do with it yeah and now it's just kind of like closed off for everyone else <laughs> there's you can't do that anymore it has been done yeah and you're just like oh no it could have been so much better but other than that it's still a good time yes. and i think like if you just want to remember how great the beatles are and kind of like nod along to their songs then it's it's a fine film i think so too so sort of one of for us a one-time deal for us i guess yeah 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 all right then let's move on to the gem session where, as always, there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen The Yellow Submarine and you care about the plot, although I don't think there what is a plot, plot. <laughs> maybe go check it out first. Or maybe you just want to hear, you know, Sarah rave about it first and Yay. then go see it. <laughs> yeah, so I think in terms of spoilers, you will be fine because I think the plot is the least important thing about mm -hmm. this film. I mean, there is a plot, but yeah, yeah. Um, so The Yellow Submarine is an animated film from 1968. It was directed by George Dunning and it was written by Lee Minoff. Um, it's this kind of, it's about this fantasy world called Pepperland. I mean, again, if you're a Beatles fan, you're going to be like, ooh, nice with every <laughs> single thing that, that comes up. But um, it's about this fantasy world called Pepperland where the people live in peace and harmony and they're very happy and play their instruments all day. And it's just this kind of paradise um, until the blue meanies come to Pepperland and they're these very evil blue creatures that just hate happiness for some reason and they feel like happiness should be gone forever. So they start kind of freezing people in time and space and like they can't move anymore. The color is drenched out of the entire world and uh, everything is very sad. And one man gets away, his name is Fred, and he takes the yellow submarine that is standing on a hill somewhere. And he obviously needs to go get help to fight these blue meanies. And who could be suited better for this task than the four Beatles, who, whom he finds in Liverpool? And he asks them for help. 
and they agree to come with him on a journey in the Yellow Submarine back to Pepperland and to free the Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. Um, and yeah, that's all of the plot, basically. What is more important to the film, probably, is um, the art style that was very distinct and very, very different for the time. So in the, it's obviously it's from 1968, so it's very psychedelic in a way. It's, very, yes. yeah, it's very <laughs> colorful. It sometimes feels like a fever dream or a kind of a bad trip or a good trip. I don't know, oh, depending maybe. on how you're feeling. <laughs> um, it has a lot of kind of like puns, both visual mm -hmm. and in language. It has a lot of references and kind of allusions to other things, and it's just very packed with with all the things. Um, very layered. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, it's like when they, so they, I think most of the film is taken up by the journey back to the, to Pepperland, yeah. right? When they're in a yellow submarine and there's just all these sorts of weird things going on, like <laughs> monsters and <laughs> other weird seas, the seas of holes, sea of holes and the stuff like holes. that, right? Stuff like that. Yeah. And it's very much about wordplay. Yeah. And in that sort of reminded me of like Alice in Wonderland in a way, Definitely, right? Definitely, yes. So it's just about these weird associations that are going on and they're being very laconic about it because we should say and I didn't realize this before I watched the film but the Beatles aren't voiced by the Beatles they're not voiced right? by the Beatles they're voiced by different voice actors I think actors. it was planned initially that yeah. the Beatles would voice them but they didn't care enough about this project really so they only <laughs> quickly appear at the end because mm -hmm. I think that was their contractual obligation to be kind of attached to this film and like to give their songs and to be in their very briefly but mm -hmm. they're not voiced by them nope nope they're not and it's very the um it's a very laconic way in which they, they are voiced you know mm -hmm. it's just like oh this happens <laughs> oh what should we do oh should we should push a button <laughs> sort of like that and i done it sorry it's not a liverpoolian accent because i can't do that but you know imagine it in a liverpoolian yes. accent <clears throat> yeah um so how would you describe the art style uh, yeah the art style the animation mm -hmm. style because i was wondering like how what are the words the words hmm. used for this so I think like it very consciously tried to be different from the kind of Disney productions at the mm -hmm. time. And um, it tried to in more incorporate a kind of like pop-up-y style maybe yeah. and kind of like collage-y sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, very colorful, very abstract in places. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know if I have the correct words. Right, to, I was to wondering this. because I think the, the inhabitants of, the, of Pepperland are sort of drawn in a particular way mm -hmm. that I don't know I was like reminded first I was thinking like maybe it's sort of art deco something mm -hmm. or, be, or yeah. something pre-Raphaelite but I'm not sure but I think like that's the thing also they take so many different influences mm -hmm. and kind of mash them together yeah because they also have kind of sometimes they have kind of photographs that they use and, and animate in a way sometimes it's very colorful drawings sometimes it's just shapes and forms so mm -hmm. it's it's very mashed together in a yes. way yes and very different for every like space in a way mm -hmm. like when they are in a real space one could say like in Liverpool it's very um gray and sort mm -hmm. of devoid of color and it's very um uh, static in a way so you have and you have a lot of doubling and repetition mm -hmm. you know like faces or always the same movements and stuff mm -hmm. and then that's very different from from their journey in the yellow submarine yes right? definitely and I think they also specifically went to look for a guy who could do that because mm -hmm. I think they had this idea of what it should look like and they couldn't find anyone, at least I read that, they couldn't find anyone who could produce that. So they went to Germany and found Heinz Edelmann, who kind of pioneered this style in okay. this in this thing, cool. which is what I read this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Thought I would bring in this fun fact. 
But See, yeah, you're prepared. That's I, why I, you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a host of songs, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, so which the Beatles do sing, mm -hmm. um, sort of that show up at random times. I think pretty More random sometimes. I mean, obviously, Yellow Submarine is in there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's also the song they started with. They yeah, were like, we right. want to make the story about the Yellow Submarine, mm -hmm. and then the other songs were kind of collected around it. Yeah. What's your favorite scene or like sequence from the film? My favorite sequence? I do like the Eleanor Rigby sequence a lot. Yeah. I feel it's very, very atmospheric in the mm -hmm. way they play with the visuals there. It's very yeah. bleak, very sad. And it kind of, I feel it also influenced the way I listen to the song now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the moment where they are, where they're in Liverpool, yeah. right? And you see like yeah. the daily grind of, yeah. of, of the uh, people yeah. in Liverpool. It's like the footballers that are cut out from, from photographs probably and yeah. kind of just doing the same motions all the time. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, that was a very interesting sequence. Which one did you like best? Hmm, I don't know, honestly. I think I was a bit overwhelmed <laughs> watching it for the first time. Just like, what's happening? <laughs> I was a fan of, of Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy, I yes. do love Jeremy. Jeremy is sort of like a creature that shows up. Um, he's a he's a they sing about him as like the song Nowhere Man, mm -hmm. right? And he's sort of like he's a Jeremy whatever something something PhD, <laughs> and he, just, he does all the things. He, so. all the things. <laughs> he knows everything. He writes everything, yeah. and it's just absurd. And he plays with with words in such a way that in the end, he's the one who sort of defeats the the, I don't know, king or leader of the Blue Meanies, right? And by using word association. Yeah. So Because they hate that as well. They hate everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> because they're Blue Meanies. They're and blue I like that. It's just like, well, what do we need to know about these people? Nothing. <laughs> they need no motivation. They're called Blue Meanies and that's yep. enough. We know what's happening. Yeah. Definitely. That's what they do. They are blue and they're mean. They're blue and mean. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and in the end, they go to Argentina, which I, as a child, did not understand the reference. But like these days, I'm just ah. like, ooh, the evil blue minis. <laughs> yes, I see. Yes. Now that you mention it. But did you enjoy it overall or were you just overwhelmed mainly? I think it was mainly overwhelmed. Which I, I feel is fair. Say. I yeah. think that's what I also like why I suggested it. I was interested to hear how someone who wasn't forced to watch this as a child for like <laughs> 28 years of their life or so uh, would react to this. Because yeah. I still think like visually it's still very, very beautiful and very mm -hmm. imaginative. But I think overall it might be a bit overwhelming. Yeah. And yeah, in a way. And, and because it's so not motivated by any plot or mm -hmm. anything, you know, um, I think you need to watch it in a different way, almost. Mm -hmm. It's almost like it's a um, a number of, of music videos mm -hmm. put together before there was such a thing as music videos. That's the thing. Way, like, right? Obviously, it's not like a coherent album. They took the songs from different albums. Mm -hmm. But in a way, it is kind of a visual album, the way it's yeah. put together. You just have beautiful, different kind of visualizations of every single song. And it's very, very, very loosely connected by some excuse of a plot. Yes, but, definitely. <laughs> but other than that, it's just this very visual kind of yeah. impression of, of songs. It's true. Now it makes me wonder, you know, what they would have done had they, you know, been active during the, the, the age of the music video. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they would have been interesting too. Yeah. Yeah. I think like their first film, A Hard Day's Night, is often credited to be the kind of first visual album. Yeah. Or like the first music video album, kind of, because there also you have barely any plot, as with most of their films. The <laughs> plot is not really there to enjoy. It's more about how do we connect these songs in yeah. a way that is fun. Um, so I think they are often credited with that. Yeah. So once again, something the Beatles did first. 
Thank you, Beatles. Thank you. No yes. lemonade without the Beatles. <laughs> True. Oh, no. <laughs> See, that's the kind of dystopia I wanted yesterday to, you to explore. You wanted to like, go into the dark side and <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so are you going to keep rewatching uh, Yellow Submarine every year? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Maybe not every year, but once in a while, I feel it's good to see if everything still holds up. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> yes, and there's a, the beautiful restoration, of course, right? Yes. Which was, uh, which it, I think was in 2012 or something? I think it was last, it was last year. Last year? Even. Yeah, because it was the 50-year anniversary. Oh, okay. Oh, no, wait, the restoration they brought yeah. up in 2012, the DVD, and right. last year it was in cinemas everywhere again. Exactly. That's true. For yeah. the, for the uh, yeah. yes, anniversary. Yeah. Yes. So either you wait until there's another anniversary, which might be another 50 years, you might be dead by then, I don't know, or you go uh, find it on, on DVD or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also don't be confused, because I was confused, this is a fun fact. But I it think was, it's... Oh, sorry. sorry just because it was produced by Apple. Um, by Apple, yeah. But Apple Films or something? Yeah. I was like... That was their, their thing first. Right? <laughs> but it's not that Apple, it's different Apple. I mean, fun fact, I think they allowed, I don't know if that's a fun fact that I heard and it's not true or if it's yeah. an actual fun fact, but I think they allowed Steve Jobs to found Apple and told him like, if he's, if he never dabbles in music, it's fine. And he was like, no, I will never dabble in music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean, if it's not true, it's a great story. I mean, yes. it's with most fun facts. It's just yes. like, I don't care if it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what did you want to say? No, no, I thought you were confused about the film and I was like, no, that's fine because you should be confused. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. If you're I not confused, you something be... is wrong with you, probably. Yes, definitely be a little bit confused about the Yellow Submarine. But I say one for you, definitely, right? One for me, definitely. Yes, yes. and I think it's good that I've seen it once. <laughs> <laughs> what praise. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, before we end this episode, um, is there a film that you're looking forward to that's coming out like soon ish? Yes. I yes. mean, initially I wanted to say Parasite, but then this morning to get in the spirit of the episode, I listened to Astrid's episode and he already <laughs> recommended that or like looked forward to it. So I, I thought of something else that I'm maybe not as excited about, but still reasonably excited yeah. about. And it's Le Dain that's coming yeah. out soon. I think beginning of August as well. It's the new Quentin Dupier film who did the film Opost and Rubber. Mm -hmm. If you um, remember, we did an episode of Opost and uh, Andre and I had very differing opinions on the film. Ooh, go so go visit it. Yes. So, um, and it's the new film with Jean Dujardin, who we all remember from The Artist. Mm -hmm. I had a huge crush on him when I was a teenager <laughs> and he was very charming and dreamy. But I think in Le Dain, he's less charming and dreamy because he plays a psychopath who goes and buys himself a very expensive leather jacket. And then he sort of falls in love with that jacket, I think quite literally. And he also has conversations with it and also wants to kind of eliminate everyone who also looks fabulous in a jacket. <laughs> so it sounds very crazy and yeah. like a lot of fun, I think. So yes. I'm looking forward to that. Definitely. I, I'm going to check that one out. Yes, sounds absurd. <laughs> fun kind of absurd. Um, I am going to sort of... Not... Well, there's a film coming out and I have seen it mm -hmm. and... I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> I think I know what you're referring yeah. to. <laughs> uh, it's The Lion King <laughs> that I have seen, but it's coming out, you know, next week. So I feel like this is fair game here. And, you know, it's the, a remake of the animated classic from the 90s. And it's basically, um, you know, part of the live action remake. But you can't call this live action, obviously, because they didn't <laughs> go to an, a lion and were like, do you want to become a movie star? Maybe they should have. Maybe they should have, <laughs> yes. No, instead they did came up with a new VFX technique or, you know, improved it so much that it looks like photorealistic lions. Mm -hmm. 
which yes, to impressive. a degree, yes, yeah. Um, but they didn't think about the fact that <laughs> lions do not, you know, emote. They don't have emotions. They are not like humans. Nope. So it's just very weird. It does not go together, I would say, right? No, it's they just... usually just look bored. Yeah, and you have like, oh my God, my father died. And, you know, and you remember when you watched the animated version, like, yeah. oh no, Mufasa died. Yeah. And here it's just like, okay. And I think all the emotions that I had were echoes from the animated version Definitely. and nothing new. Yes. So... Don't go see it. Don't go see it. Rewatch the original instead. Do that. Definitely do that. Yes, because Kuna Matata. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Okay. And uh, wow, that was it for this Beatles-themed episode of the yeah. One For You podcast. Um, thank you very much, Sarah, for joining me. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. And uh, even if we're, you know, not talking about the Beatles, come back sometime. <laughs> yeah. We look, look forward to that. And um, if you want to, I don't know, get in touch with us, you can contact us on various social media where we're at one for you pod. Um, you can also write us an email at one for you pod at gmail.com. And if you want to recommend a gem, you can hit us up on Letterboxd where we're at one for you pod as well. Just like all one word. Hear you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>